Hallelujah. About six, eight weeks ago, I looked at the calendar and I asked uh, 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 someone to be our special guest this morning on Mother's Day. I love to preach. I'm always ready to preach, except this morning, I, by the way, it'd be hard for me. You might just, uh, you know, cringe a little with my voice and whatnot. And so this person uh, so graciously said she would do that. And I think there's no one better to share on Mother's Day than my wife, Beverly Seacrest Walker. Y'all welcome her as she comes and shares with us this morning. Amen. Thank you. Well, thank you, honey. I appreciate that introduction. And happy Mother's Day to all our beautiful mothers today. So it's such a pleasure and an honor for me to stand before all these precious mothers who I look up to and are inspiration to my life. Um, and before I go, uh, begin, I just want to introduce uh, myself to some of you who may not know me. Uh, but before I do that, I want to introduce the joys of my life. Uh, first of all, Sam, my sweetheart. We've been married 38 and a half years. <laughs> and I love you, Sam, and I appreciate you. Um, I wear my pearls on Mother's Day to remind me of the pearls that Sam has given me, which are my children. So remember that song, My Pearls? You just always cry. Terry Lynn was singing that. I always think of my children when I think of pearls because they're gifts from their daddy. <clears throat> and I want to introduce my, the joys of my life. My daughter, Stacy, and my son-in-law, Brent Weir, and my daughter, Laura, and her husband, my son-in-law, Josh, that I love very, very much. And I love my daughters and my son-in-laws. And I'm, my double joys of my life are my grandchildren. And you have seen them running around here, Ty, Taylor, Josiah, Gideon, and Mabry. And so I am a blessed mom, I am a blessed grandmother, and I know it. Uh, let me just tell you a few of uh, little things about myself that you may not know. Some of my favorite things, besides my family, uh, my favorite name. My favorite name is Jesus. I love the name of Jesus because I love Jesus with all my heart. And I call on the name of Jesus regularly for myself, my family, my church, and my children, my grandchildren. And I tell you what, that scripture in the Bible that says, Thou shalt call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Well, you know what? I've always said to my husband, he laughs at me because of how I use the name of Jesus sometimes. And he, uh, I said, well, I believe that scripture means more than salvation. I believe that when you're in trouble, when you call on the name of Jesus, he comes and he saves you. Because he's rescued me so many times. And uh, he says, you can say Jesus faster than a lightning bolt because if a car pulls out in front of me, I'll go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And immediately, um, he rescued me. So he saves me many, many times. And I scare him when I do it. But the Lord hears me call his name, and um, I love Jesus. And I, how, how many of you love Jesus like I do? Amen. Okay, so Jesus is my favorite name. Uh, anybody, can anybody here guess what my favorite animal is? Shout it out if you know. No? Close. That's second favorite. No. Well, third favorite. <laughs> Weenie dogs, weenie dogs, they're my favorite animal. In fact, yes, it's true, I have had six weenie dogs in my adult life. The only one left is Cooper. We had to put our last baby weenie dog down last weekend, which was a hard weekend for me, but it was also a good weekend because I got to spend it with my mother for her 89th birthday. But I'll tell you their names. They were my babies. Duchess, Dax, Sandy, Snicker, Harley, and then we still have Cooper. So... They're my favorite little animals. Okay, and Jim's going to love this. What's my favorite word of all time? Big O. Big O. 
I just love that word. I use that word all the time. I can't even hardly say the word big. I mean, it's got to be bigger than big. It's going to be big O. You know why? Well, because I'm from Texas, and everything's big O in Texas, right? So that's my favorite word. Okay, and I can't even start today without giving a shout-out to my mom, and I'm looking at the camera because I hope you see this one day, Mother. Mother, I love you, and I thank you for being the most awesome mother in the whole wide world to me. You know, um, she turned 89 last week, and I told her, you better stay healthy, and I pray for her to stay healthy because next year on her 90th, we're giving her a big old party. <laughs> a big old party. Big old celebration. And so, um, you know, Mother was always there for us kids, and she was always there for us as grown-ups. And there is always a time in our lives, you know, as, as we grow up, we get to a certain age where we think our mothers don't know anything, but they really do, but we don't want to listen to them. But, you know, after you become a mom, then all of a sudden, all you do is call your mom. Mom, how do you make this? What do I do for this? You know, and, you, and then, then you need your mom. You want your mom. You call your mom all the time. And our phone, back in the day when we had home phones, our phone bills were so high, and I would get in so much trouble. Sam would say, look at this phone bill. And I said, well, I'm sorry, it's my only entertainment. I call my mom, I do the dishes, I call her, and just talk to my mom. You know, I was raising my kids, and I needed my mom. So I was blessed to have my mom, and still blessed to have her today. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to get these leg cramps, and I would cry. And I'd say, Mom, oh, my legs are cramping, my legs are hurting. And she would come, and she said, baby, they're growing pains or whatever. She would rub my legs and make it all better. Well, last week, my legs were aching so bad, and I told Sam, I said, I need my mama. And he tried to rub them, but it didn't work. <laughs> Mom, I need you all the time. Uh, and you know what, moms, all you moms out here, your kids know this about you, and this is true with my mom. Moms are heroes. How many times have you rescued your kids from things that were happening to your kids, and, and, and you wondered, where in the world did I get the strength to do that? Well, we, we gave our mo mother a run for her money growing up. We tested her so many times. And I remember when we were little, and my mother was seven months pregnant with Eddie, my little brother. My brother, Les, and I were swinging on the refrigerator door. Wee! Wee! Just laughing, having a big time. My mother was on the phone. And, you know, when you're on the phone, you have to kind of tune your kids out because they drive you crazy when you're on the phone. So she was just kind of, I guess, tuning us out a little bit. We just go going, wee! And then all of a sudden, yep, you're right, the refrigerator came straight down on top of my brother and I, smashed us flat on the floor. Well, we weren't flat on the floor. <laughs> it was one of those old-fashioned refrigerators with those handles like that. It had a rounded front, so it probably had a lot of air in the door. So we were underneath the door just screaming our lungs out, Mama, Mama, Mama. You know, that's who you call when you're in trouble. You want your mama to help you. She's the one that comforts you. She's the one that soothes you. She's the one that helps you. Of course, dads, they, they like to be the hero, too. Sam's been the hero many times, and my dad was. But anyway, so for some reason, my mom, being seven months pregnant, cried out to the name of the Lord and somehow lifted that up enough to pull me and Les out from under that refrigerator. And we went in there, laid on the bed, and my daddy, of course, was rushing home from work. And, and all I can remember thinking was, I heard a bunch of things breaking. And I knew that ketchup bottle and those pickle jars and everything was broken in that refrigerator. So we're laying in the bed, and I'm looking at Les. He's looking at me. We're both crying. And here comes Daddy, and I could hear Daddy in there, and I could hear Mom saying, I can't even budge this thing. How in the world did I get my kids out from under that refrigerator? And uh, I remember looking at Les go, keep crying, keep crying, because I'm probably going to get a whipping. <laughs> we did not get a whipping, and we got hugged. But uh, we never swung on the refrigerator door anymore after that. 
So, you know, moms, we are heroes, and uh, my mom was a hero, so I love my mother. All right, now to the message. My Mother's Day message today is inspired by my family, who are registered Potawatomi Native American Indians. Yes, you've got that right, folks. Sam is a Potawatomi Indian, and so are my kids. They're registered, and my grandkids are Potawatomi Indians, and there's a lot of benefits to being an Indian, but the neat thing is the heritage of it, and uh, they, Potawatomis don't just go, how? They go, how can I? <laughs> or how, how, howdy con, howdy con. That really actually means people of the fire, but I think that's kind of cool. Instead of how, you go, howdy con. <laughs> I think that's kind of neat. So anyway, uh, now let me interject this before I get into my message. Um, this coming weekend, this coming weekend, we're having the Ladies Pink Conference, which Gateway did this last, this weekend. And I will tell you, I heard from so many people that people are saying, you have got to go to this conference. It is life-changing. And if you know anything about Lisa Turkhurst or Christine Kane or Lisa Harper, uh, any of these ladies, and then Carrie Job, I can just imagine how dynamic it is. We did it last year, and they said this was the one for the books. So uh, this is the deadline to sign up today, and it's only $40, and it's just such a great thing to do. So ladies, if you want to stop by the information today, you can get your ticket today. But we need to get, you need to get that today so we can be prepared for it. But the neat thing about the pink conference was the name of it is Make Your Mark. So as I was praying about to met the message today, I was thinking, Lord, what, what could I say today that could make an impact? And I started thinking it's Mother's Day. And so I thought, Mothers Make Your Mark. So that's what I, my title of my message today is, Mothers Make Your Mark. Well, you know what? Let moms, if we're going to make our mark, well, we just might as well make a big old mark, right? Well, we live in Texas. Let's just make a big old mark. So everybody say, mothers, make a big old mark. All right. Can we just pray right now, and then I'm going to get into my message. Father, I just thank you so much for this word that you put in my heart, and I know that you've given it to me, and I ask you to give me uh, the boldness and the word of God. Let it be sharp inside of me, Father God, and let me... Uh, Bless these women, Father God. Let me encourage these women with the word of God, Lord God. I pray that you would just take this message and, and touch every mother here today. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Thank you for praying with me. All right. Well, here's my opening scripture. And a lot of these scriptures, you know them. But uh, this is a part of what the message is about today. So it's Psalm. If you want to take notes, I don't have a PowerPoint. But uh, you can make some notes. You can write these scriptures down in the back of your bulletin. And look them up later because these are really, really good, okay? All right, Psalms 127, verse 3. Children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the, the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And so we're going to look at two words in that scripture, heritage and reward. Heritage means a gift from God. And aren't our children gifts from God? We are, we are just so blessed with that. Amen? Our children are gifts from God. And the reward means a true blessing. Well, I can truly say that about my own children, that my children are true blessings to our lives. And I know you feel the same way. All right, this is an arrow here. 
Jesus said to bring the little children to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. So, how many of you have dedicated your children to the Lord? Amen. You, you brought your children to Jesus. Now, you're going to take a pledge to raise those children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's a daily process. It's a lifetime process. And, uh, and we are happy to do it, moms, right? Amen. So, let's talk about how we're going to make it, how arrows are made. You know, because Indians, uh, Native American Indians, they use the arrows. And the arrows are used for different things, for their weapons and provision uh, and direction are arrows. But we're going to look at the first part of the arrow. What the Indian does when he goes out to get an arrow, and by the way, let me just say this. My dad taught me a lot about arrows because he used to go hunting for arrowheads a lot and for things like that. So he has a huge collection of arrowheads. And uh, he would teach me about arrows and Indian uh, history. And I, I loved that about my dad. I loved hearing his stories. But he said what an Indian would do is he would go out and find a shoot or a little branch or limb, and hopefully it would be pretty straight, you know, and he would get that to start with. So this thing that's a shaft of the arrow that starts out as a shoot, you know, and it's you know, not real strong at, at the beginning. So it's going to take some uh, diligence to make that into a, a strong shaft. So you start with that stick, uh, and it goes through seasoning. It goes through a time of, time of shaping, shaping and straightening. You know what? That's just the way we, it is with our children. You know, they start out young, and we begin to shape them. We begin to season them and straighten them with godly foundations and principles with, to build their character, to build morals and values in them because uh, we want them to be strong in those things. We, we do that. We just teach them as they grow. It's just part of raising a child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, you know, but here's the funny thing. You know, sometimes the shoots, they, you know, they get, they're a little crooked. You know, they, de- they, they need a little bit more effort. So they need a little more elbow grease. Uh, as far as my three children, I won't say which one needed the most elbow grease. <coughs> Nathan, <coughs> Nathan. But uh, anyway, I'm just joking, Nathan. I love you. Uh, but no, it just really, uh, the thing about that is sometimes there might be a little crooked space or something like that. It just takes a little more effort to smooth it out might take a little heat, a little more seasoning, a little more effort, lots of love, lots of encouragement, but eventually you can pretty much straighten that out, you know. Even they say it takes a little more bending, and maybe it takes a little more bending across the knee, but no, really. We're talking about teaching them self-discipline, really is what we're talking about here. Disciplining them, teaching them self-discipline so that they can know the Word themselves, walk in the Word themselves, and, you know, because when you teach it to them, if they, they learn it, they can walk in it. Amen? Uh, so we have to do that regularly to help them de- de- develop their own discipline and give them strong spiritual beliefs. Okay, Romans, here's a scripture, Romans ten seventeen, And you know this, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you teach your children the Word of God. You teach them to have faith, and you repeat it uh, to them, and they memorize it. Ephesians 6, 4 says... Uh, I've already said this, though, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know, it's Mother's Day, but Dad, this is Scripture's really y'all's too, because, and I'm, this is all for moms and dads, really. So dads have a really big part in this, but that's what we do, moms. We, we raise them up, and we, and we train them. And Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So training is actually discipline. So let's look at the first way a mother makes her big old mark. She makes it through shaping her children. So moms, thank you for shaping your children. 
um, you're, you're, you're changing the future. You're changing the world by, by diligently loving your children and shaping them by the Word of God and by your example. Okay, the second part we're going to talk about is the fletching. These are the feathers that the Indians add onto the back of the arrow. And what is that for? That's added for guidance, for direction, and accuracy. That helps actually keep it on course because it keeps it balanced. So it, you, they really need a lot of guidance. Children do. Um, and we teach our children that they have a purpose, that God has a plan for their life. We direct them in the right way to go using the Word of God as our guide. And we help them learn to make good choices and that God has answers for every need. That's a good godly mother that does those kind of things. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, To trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And we can count on that. We can count on that. And we teach our children to trust the Lord for themselves. Because, you know, we can't trust the Lord. We can trust the Lord for them, but they've got to learn to trust the Lord for themselves. And they've got to understand that sometimes they can't understand, but they can trust the Lord to show them the way. And he, if they follow God, they'll stay on the right path. And Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we really help our children to understand that they can't go wrong if they follow the word of God. And really, ladies... You know what? You know, we do everything we can to prepare our children to succeed in life. We teach them how to do well in school, to study, to pass tests, to get ready for college, to be good mothers, and to raise their grandchildren. And we're examples to our children. Just like our memory verse this morning said, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. You know, their children look to their moms. They look to us as examples. So we're not only... We're not only uh, pre- preparing our children for the future, but our biggest part is we're preparing them for eternity. And that goes forever. It really does go forever. So we want them to catch that. We want them to get that. And I'll tell you what, ladies. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Him desperately. I needed the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit every moment of every day. And to do everything right as a mom, I've... I miss the mark sometimes. I messed up sometimes. None of us are perfect. But there's forgiveness for when we confess our sin. Uh, the Holy Spirit helps us when we ask for it. You know, when we don't have the wisdom we need, we can call on Him and He helps us. When Jesus went away, He did us the biggest favor by leaving us the Holy Spirit. Because we need Him so much. You know, He guides us. He teaches us. He gives us comfort. He convicts us of our sin and he reminds us, he reminds us of God's word, which we can lean on and depend on, all of us. And then guess what? He even helps us to pray. He helps us to pray. When we don't know what to pray sometimes, when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Okay, I'm going backward with the notes here. Okay. He and I'm and this is this is huge right here. He uses us to guide our children. But guess what? He also uses others to guide our children. And let me tell you how important this is. Now, this is where I'm going to give illustrations where God helped me, where the Holy Spirit helped me with my own children and their experiences in life. And I know, moms, you all have uh, times that you've seen God work in your children, work in your family, and answer your prayers. 
And, uh, and isn't that a marvelous thing and to, to think about that and talk about that with your family? Because, it's, you know, God is in the center of our lives when we let him be. And when we're filled with the Spirit, he's with us always, forever, in every moment. So here's how God helped me help Laura uh, when we first moved here. Through God's Word. And in God's Word, Laura found courage and she found hope when she needed it. This is just one of the experiences Laura had with, with me and her as a mother and daughter. When we first moved to Lumberton, uh, it was the summer before her seventh grade, and uh, the first day of school, she had to start the first day of school not knowing one person, walked into a brand new school, left behind her church family, all her friends, everything she knew, everyone she knew, and she was really scared. She was a tiny little thing, and just I had to drop her off every day as I went to work, and she would have a stomach ache every day when I'd leave her. It was really sad. And um, I remember praying for her every single day as we drove to church, as I wor- drove to church to work, and, and then about a week or so after school started in band, she played the clarinet in band, and one day Mr. Westbrook, the band director, he was going down the line with the kids, and he asked Laura, he said, uh, Laura, can you do this certain thing with your clarinet? And she looked at him, and she thought, what is he talking about? I don't know what he's talking about because she hadn't learned that at her other school. Well, she was embarrassed and she was uh, upset and scared. She came home. I picked her up in the car that afternoon. She was crying and she said, Mom, I want to quit band. I don't want to go back to band. And I said, well, honey, what happened? And she told me what happened. And I thought, and I tried to talk to her. I thought, well, we have all weekend. We'll talk about it. And so I was, of course, you know, concerned about that. I did not want her to quit band, and I realized this is an opportunity for Laura to overcome an obstacle in her heart. So through the weekend, I looked for a moment where we could get together, and I remember us laying on my bed in the same house we're living in now, um, in the bedroom. We, We just laid there and talked, and we began to talk about her situation, and I began to tell her, you know, Laura, you know, sometimes there's mountains we face in life and get in front of us, and we think it's too big, and I can't get past it. And, you know, God wants to teach you through this that, that you can overcome, that you can, you can get past this, you can learn it. And when you get past one hump, you realize the next one, you can get past the next one. And this is just a learning thing. And I began to, I began to speak scriptures into her heart. And I began to tell her, uh, Laura, you know what? You're a Christian. You love the Lord. With God, all things are possible. You can do this. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, gives you strength. And so I just began to fill her with the word, and I prayed with her. And so when we get ready to go back to school the next Monday, she was still a little shaky, and I told her, I said, well, will it help if I talk to Mr. Westbrook? She said, yes, it would. So I went in the office, but the sad thing was is when I dropped her off, I didn't just drop her off, I walked in with her. And when I walked in with her, the kids all met in the gym before the bell would ring, and I walked in there, and it was loud and rowdy, and everybody was talking, and Little Laura was just a tiny thing, and she walked in there, and she stood in the door of the gym with everybody in the bleachers all talking, and Laura just standing there with her little backpack on, holding her little lunch kit. And I remember just standing there looking at her back and just seeing her, and I felt this feeling come over me like, my poor baby's so lonely, and she's hurting, and she doesn't know a soul. And and so I got, you know, went down to the office, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was so upset, and so I go down there to make an appointment with Mr. Westbrook. Well, the, t- the, the secretary, she said, well, 
he's in band right now. There's no, he's an off period, so you can just call the call and talk to him and make your appointment. Well, she left the office, and for some reason, right before school started, I'm in there all by myself. Thank God, because I get on the phone and Mr. Westbrook answered, and I said, Mr. Westbrook, and he was probably thinking, oh, here's another parent with another problem. <laughs> but I began to tell him, Laura, you know, she there was something she didn't understand. And I just wanted to know maybe if you could talk to her because, and then I started to get choked up. And when I did, you know, have you ever gotten moms, have you ever gotten that big apple caught in your throat and you can't make it go down or come up and all of a sudden your voice goes, and then if you could just talk to her. And I, and you know, it just froze my vocal cords up and because I was about to explode from emotion. And so I just busted into tears and uh, he goes, Oh, don't worry. I'll take care of it. So he goes, uh, meets her, and, and he talks to her, and he told her, he said, Laura, if you don't understand something, you just come to me, and I'll help you. I'll explain it to you. And if you ever feel lonely or afraid, just come to my office, and I'll give you one of my famous bear hugs. And uh, so God used Mr. Westbrook and Laura's life to help her overcome that, plus he used the Word of God. So he used the Word of God, and he used others. And then two years later, she was in the high school band, and Mr. Boothman he, he uh, at her senior band uh, banquet, he got up and talked about Laura. And he said, Laura, when I first met you, you were standing behind your mother and you wouldn't say a word. He said, now we can't get you to shut up. <laughs> and he said, uh, he was real proud of Laura and what she had accomplished. And Laura became uh, a great leader and still is a great leader. And he used people in her life as well as many of you and the Word of God so God's word gave uh, Laura courage, and He gave her gave her hope. And so now Laura has become a wonderful wife, a mother, a wonderful, awesome teacher, and a tremendous encourager to so many of us. And Laura is making her mark as mom. So I'm proud of Laura. And now the life story about Nathan. This is a, about how our prayers make a difference. Moms, your prayers really do make a difference. Um, I always knew Nathan had a calling on his life. I asked God for a son, for Sam, a desire fell in my heart, and I prayed for God to give me a son for Sam. Nine months later, here comes Nathan. Well, it, yeah, that was kind of funny, wasn't it? He didn't pop out that easy. Uh, he was nine, six and a half, by the way. He, he, uh, whew, that was something. Uh, anyway, but Nathan has always had a calling on his life. And you know, when you ask God for a gift and He gives you that gift, you know, what does the devil want to do? He wants to steal that gift from you. And uh, so I had a real difficult pregnancy, and I had a lot of close calls with Nathan. But God was faithful, and Nathan was born, and he was fine, and everything was great. And he was prophesied over as a baby uh, when we were dedicating him that he would be a worship leader. And I knew that he was called from the birth, and uh, I've watched Nathan through his life as he's grown. And let me tell you how my prayers made a difference. I continually prayed over Nathan that God would put godly influences, role models, and mentors in front of him that he would listen to. And, you know, you're, you can only do so much with your kids, and, if, and, and your kids all have a calling, and God has a, a target for them and a, and a place for the destiny for them. So you've got to pray for your kids and pray that God will put godly influences and role models. And that's exactly what God did for Nathan Youth pastors, worship leaders, uh, men of God, people that would challenge him and hold him accountable and help him to get on the path 
to where God has led him to. And he's an awesome uh, musician, worship leader, and songwriter. And so I'm so proud of Nathan. He's a worship leader up at Covenant Church in Carrollton. Um, after being on the road, traveling, singing Christian songs for the Lord his whole life. But Nathan is definitely making his mark, leading people to the heart of Jesus in worship. And I am so proud of my son, Nathan. Now i got to tell a story about Stacy. This is very special in my heart because uh, this is another story about how prayers make a difference. And it's also something to tell you ladies. You know how when you're a mom and you want to comfort your children when they're hurting or when they're scared and you can't be there, how you can just ask the Holy Spirit to come and help them. And he's faithful to do it. But I watched this happen right before my very eyes. When uh, Sam's grandfather passed away in Oklahoma, we had spent the night with my mom, come back to Dallas with my mother, and, st- and we were tired, so we thought, we'll just spend the night, and it was a school night. Stacy was in kindergarten, and we decided to go home the next morning, but we were actually, you know, after school, we thought, well, let's go ahead and take her. She'll be late, but uh, we'll, she'll be fine. Stacy was our little timid child. Uh, she didn't have any problems starting school because we got her really good and prepared, but when we got to school that morning, it was, at, it was out of routine. So she was, it was out of sync, and so I ended up walking her, trying to find her class. Where's your class? Mom, you know, I could feel the apprehension, you know, in her. But we get to the gym, and the kids are leaving the gym, and they're walking to the music class. So I would find, you know, the class, and we're walking along with her friends. So we get to the music class. Well, Miss Thurman is not in, not there that day. She's gone, so there's a substitute teacher. Well, Stacy starts, I could see it coming on her, and then she starts, Mom. And she starts crying. She doesn't want me to leave her. And you know what that does to a mom. You know, you, oh, I want to help her. I, want, I don't want her crying. I want to protect her. So I'm trying to talk to her. I'm trying to comfort her at the door. It's okay, baby. You know, you, you just go in there, and we'll be back in just a little bit to get you, doing the mama thing, trying to comfort her. And uh, there goes my bow. Anyway, um, so the substitute teacher comes out, and she said, it's been my experience that if you just leave your child, that they will be okay, you know, blah, blah. And I just looked at her, and I looked at Stacy, and I'm like, okay. You know, so Stacy goes in there, and she sits at her desk, and so, and the door didn't shut all the way. It had a little crack. So I'm watching Stacy through the crack. Oh, my God, my baby. And Stacy's sitting at her desk, and she's just, in her little old hand, doing just like that, crying at her desk. And as a mom, it, it broke my heart, and I wanted to fix it right then. I wanted to go in there and help her and hug her, and I don't care about that teacher, you know, that want to rescue my child, but I just stood there, and I was so upset, but I was watching her crying at that desk, and I began to pray, and I just watched her the whole time I prayed, and I said, oh, Lord, please comfort Stacy. Please comfort Stacy, Lord. Please comfort her. And as I prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit went into action. And I could see it happening before my very eyes. And little Libby Seagull, the high school uh, principal's daughter, was her little friend. She was sitting in the desk in front of her. While the teacher was writing on the blackboard, Stacy's crying. And Libby just turns to the side and began to stroke Stacy's arm so gently, just stroking her little arm. And I watched Libby doing that, not saying a word just stroking her like a mother would when I couldn't reach her. And I saw the Holy Spirit doing that, and it melted away her sorrow. 
it melted away and gave her, and I saw a peace come upon Stacy. Next thing, she's not doing like this anymore. She's going. <gasps> and she was fine. But guess what? I wasn't. <laughs> I had that same apple, and I ran to the car bawling my eyes out because I saw how precious the Holy Spirit was at that moment, how he was able to touch my daughter when I couldn't reach her where he was able to comfort my baby when I couldn't do anything about it. So ladies, your prayers are amazing. Keep on praying. And when, you, when they're far away from you and you can't help them, you have to know that the Holy Spirit will do that for you. Amen? Y'all are witnesses to that. So, let me tell you this about Stacy. Stacy is a speech pathologist. She helps children with their speech difficulties. And guess what? She has comforted many children. She's comforted many parents. She has made such a mark helping children. And I'm just so proud of Stacy. So thank you, Stacy. So back to that, what I was trying to make a point in, that mothers who make their mark guide their children. But we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And He's faithful to help us. Okay, now... The arrowhead, this isn't really a big arrowhead, but you can see it on the picture there. The arrowhead, okay, Indians would go find a rock, like maybe a flint or whatever, but they begin to chisel it, chisel it, chisel it, and make it into a sharp point. The arrowhead is built for a purpose, to make its mark and to hit the target. So this, this scripture is really big. It's real important, so make sure you write this down. Deuteronomy 6-7. It's talking about the commandments, respecting the Lord, and to loving Him with all your heart. He says, you shall teach them these things diligently to your children at home, on the road, when you go to bed, and when you get up. That means continually, right? You should teach the commandments of the Lord, how to obey the Lord, how to respect the Lord, how to fear Him, how to love Him with all your heart. And using all diligence means to repeat over and over, like sharpening an arrowhead by friction and grinding. Can you just picture that Indian just sharpening, chiseling, grinding to make it and feeling of it, make sure it's sharp enough. Is this going to work? You know, so that's what diligence means. You just keep on and keep on and keep on until it's the way it's supposed to be. So this is what we want to do when we do that. We want to know, we want our children to know the Lord. We want them to love Him, to respect Him, and obey His Word. We want them to know the Word of God, to know how powerful it is, that it's alive and it's a weapon against the enemy. Because I tell you what, there's an enemy out there and he wants to destroy us for a lack of knowledge. And he wants to destroy, but you know what? We have the Word of God in our hand. It's a sharp, powerful weapon. Amen? So we, we pray it over our children and we teach them to walk in the Word and love the Word and live the Word. Amen? It's powerful. It's alive. It's a weapon against the enemy. And we want them to know God's Word has an answer for every problem and wisdom for every decision that they need to make. Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we want our kids to know, and we need to know this too. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. 
Our children need the Word of God, amen, to walk in His Word. So a mother who makes her mark sharpens her children. Now, the, the, the last thing on the arrow is called the knock. It's this little groove at the bottom of the arrow, that little hole right there. That's what fits on the string of the bow. And the knock to me, it, it makes me think it's a place of stability that the arrow needs. Because without the knock, you can't, fit, you can't shoot the arrow. It won't hold onto the bow. So the knock represents stability that the arrow needs. And without it, you can't launch the arrow. It would just fall to the ground, right? So our desire is for our children, for them to have faith in God, to know what they believe, in whom they believe, and to walk in truth. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, As you've received Jesus, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught. 2 Timothy 1.12 says, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. So we want our children, as we have worked on them and prepared them, to be able to walk in the Word of God and say, I know who I have believed in. We want them to have their own relationship, not just an experience, but their own relationship with the Lord, that they can say that. That they can be rooted and built up and stable in their faith, know what they believe and be strong in their faith because in the days to come, they've got to know the Word and stand on the Word more than ever before. Okay, and this is how we feel when our children get it. This is how we feel. Paul said in 3 John 1, 4 to his spiritual children, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. We want our children to walk in the truth, don't we? There's no greater joy. So for this one I wrote, a mother who makes her mark prays for them. Because that's what we pray, that our children will walk in truth, that they'll be strong and stable in the Word of God, and they'll know Him. Amen? So, after all the spiritual investment that we've made in our children, in shaping them and in guiding them, and sharpening them and continually praying for them, Our aim is that when they're grown, as they have left the bow, that they will rise one day on their own, be reading the Word as the Lord reminds them of your investment, as they pass it on to their own children and grandchildren. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14-17 through says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Now, this is our children reading the Word, okay? As they read the Word, this is what it's saying to them. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Because, moms, we've used it, all Scripture, in training our kids. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, 
Who were the ones that taught Timothy here? It was his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice. See, they made an investment in Timothy's life, and look what an impact Timothy made and how he made his mark. Well, then, when you've done all those things, then your arrow is ready. Then you've done a good job. You just made a big old mark. All right, now, I, I thought of this. You know, when, when, we, when we bring our children to the Lord, we dedicate them to the Lord. We dedicate ourselves to raising our children. So we're actually making a pledge to the Lord. Put your hand on the Bible, you're making a pledge to the Lord. Just like when we say we pledge allegiance to the flag, what does pledge mean? A pledge is a solemn promise. A pledge is an undertaking. So I took the words pledge, P-L-E-D-G-E, and if you want to write this down, you can. But this is a good way to remember uh, our promise to our children. P stands for pray for them. Always remember to pray for your children and your prayers go on forever. L means to love your children. And we all do that, right? E, encourage your children. They need that all the time, even as grown-ups. D is discipline. Help them have discipline by being the example to them and showing them how to be disciplined. G, guide. Don't forget, guide them and point them in the right direction. And then E is just plain old enjoy your children. Enjoy your children because they are gifts and rewards from God. Amen? So that's my message, ladies. And uh, I would love for all the mothers to come down here because I have a little gift for you. So if all the moms would just come right down here to the front. <clears throat> and then Laura and Stacy have a gift. And all you can look in, the, in this and just pick anything you want. Pick any one you want. Just get one. Uh, just pick one out of there. And also, if you're going to be a mother, Brandy, you're going to be a mama. You come on down. Well, she is a mama. Get down here, Brandy. She's, she's a mama. She just haven't seen the baby yet. That's right. If you're, ha- if you're pregnant, get down here. All right, because you're a mama. And this message really is good for young mothers because, uh, you know, you've got the, their futures in front of you and you have opportunity to do what you can do. I want your mom. No, y'all stay down here, moms. Y'all stay down here in the front. Y'all come down here right in the front so I can see y'all. <clears throat> All right. Everybody, make sure you get one. Make sure you get one you like. Okay. Everybody got you one? What, what these ladies are getting out of these buckets are arrows. These are little arrows. And the arrow, I want you to look at that arrow in your hand, Okay. Uh, This represents your child or all your children. Okay, look at that arrow and think about your children right now. Your children are your arrows. Now listen, whether they're young or whether they're grown, whether they're still in your quiver or whether they've left the bow, your love, your encouragement, and your prayers are never ending. Your mother all the days of your life. Amen? Okay, your love makes a mark. Your encouragement makes a mark, and your prayers always make a mark. They're eternal. Your prayers are eternal, and they could be answered long after we're gone. So your prayers make an eternal difference. And you know what? That's a way to make a big old mark. And you can leave a big old mark by being a godly mom. Okay, now look at that arrow one more time. 
Now think of this. This arrow represents you, Mom. It represents you. Because you point the way. It shows direction. You point the way. You help guide and you help direct your children in the way that they should go, even in your prayers. Remember, we have the Holy Spirit as our helper. We're going to call on Him today for our help. So we need to lean on Him because He equips us to be the moms that we need to be and our children to make their mark. And that's what we want to pray, okay? So we're going to say a prayer, and then after we say our prayer, there's our sign. We're going to take a picture right up here, so we're going to pray. So how about a new, fresh dedication as moms? Would y'all like to do that and pray for our, our family? Let's just do that right now. Father God, I just want to thank you for these precious mothers, and I want to thank you for your love for them and your, your precious love that's inside of them. Father God, as they love their children, Lord, I thank you that through their love, that their children can see your love, Father God. And through their guidance and, and their shaping and sharpening, Father God, that they can see the hand of God through their example. And Lord, I just thank you that there's grace for all these moms today. And I thank you, Lord, that you hear every prayer we pray. For Lord, you've seen every tear we've shed and you hear, you hear every cry of our heart, Father God. And Lord, and that Lord, you have blessed us with such wonderful blessings of our children. They are our reward, Father God, that they're our blessings. And I just thank you for all of our children, Father God. We thank you for our grandchildren, Father God, and our great-grandchildren. And Lord, you have placed us in a position, Father God, where we are examples, that we are the ones that can help point the way to the right direction, Father God. So Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need your help, Holy Spirit. We need your help to know how to pray. We need your help to continue to pray, to keep us strong and not to be weary, Father God. We need your strength, Father God. We need your wisdom and your guidance in our own lives, Father God. So Lord, we dedicate ourselves afresh to you today. Just thank you for equipping us with more patience and more grace, Lord God, to be the best mothers that we can be. Lord, knowing that we need your spirit and we need the word of God in our lives, Father God, we need you. And we thank you, Father God, for letting our children see you in us, Father God, and making a difference. Lord, thank you for helping us make a big O mark when it comes to our children and their futures and destinies, Father God. Lord, we place our children into your hands. We ask you to save everyone. We ask you to fulfill your plans and destiny for each child, Father God. Lord, because you have a special purpose and plan for every single one of them, Lord God. And Lord God, where we feel like we might have fallen short or missed the mark, Lord, there's grace today, there's forgiveness. And thank you for reconciliation and broken relationships and healing broken hearts today. And I thank you for a fresh new beginning, Father God, for many moms here and children. And thank you, Father God, for answering our prayers. We love you and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I love you ladies so much. So why don't we do something here? Let's get on these steps and up all around here. And we're going to get some people to take some pictures.